and nobody misses like this, man. It's crazy. Welcome back, everybody. Episode number five, Backlash Radio. Me and Nick again. We're hoping to have a guest, but our guest had some emergencies to have. So it's just me and Nick today. We're gonna have our first guest, but not anymore. Sorry to disappoint you. It was one of our it was one of our heroes. And if you don't know who it, you could take a guess of who it might be. There's only a handful of guys that are we talk about a lot on this thing. So, um, but we're gonna. Give a little chat about tournaments. Our my tournament season up here is kind of wrapping up, and uh, I guess the still a couple months out from the the South Florida sailfish season, but something to start thinking about. So, cool. What's up, buddy? How are you? Good, man. How you doing? Doing all right. Just finished. Are you up. Sad your uh, season's coming to an end. I I'm never. I'm like. I always love the tournament season, but September here is amazing. Like the marina is a lot more quiet and it's just like 10 boats fishing a day, 20, 20 boats fishing a day. And typically the fishing's really, really good. We had some decent fishing last week. Um, it wasn't incredible by any means, but there, there were some boats that had some incredible days. So um, a lot of, a lot of slams being seen for a while there it was like pretty normal for everybody to see a slam which is unheard of around here so i haven't caught a slam here in 10 years and it's really annoying that i didn't get to see one the one day we well, saw five sales but how many days will you fish in september uh this year not many um just because we just have uh things going on not with the boat but with the owners and stuff like that they just have personal stuff going on so um i don't know typically we do 10 or 12 hopefully the weather the weather can get in the way obviously we got hurricane we had that one hurricane that brought all all that slam fishing adalia and then and now we got this hurricane lee which i don't think is going to mess up mess up the fishing here but in my you have a big swell from it though right yeah you'll have a we'll have a big swell but if we get too much north northwest wind it'll it'll mess everything up but right now it's northeast so if it just stays out to where it's at we might be all right for another week or two or into into early october i hope um the weather here like the the ocean has been very pretty um and the conditions of fishing's moving around quite a bit conditions of built in some areas and deteriorated in others so it's kind of difficult it's kind of seems like it's slowed up a little bit lately last couple days but i don't know had a three three boat charter with um some guys from sebastian florida they came up and chartered us the blood money the christine marie and a boat called in the top dog out of here and we had a little tournament i didn't win it it's really annoying but brian my my buddies brian and ryan did very very well we all did we were all very close but i think brian on the christine marie got us by one or two fish something like that so but it was fun that day i caught three out of six that day and i we kind of well, I kind of all set out we were kind of all set out in the wrong spot the whole fleet and then the Bill Fisher picked up and made a move and I kind of 
had something in my mind the same so i was running i was going to run another 10 miles and he says he's a little quicker he set out on the south or the northeast corner of the wilmington and i was going to run up to the spencer i was like we this was a 20 30 mile move i was like fuck it we were in the wrong spot and i was like i've been wanting to go up here up to spencer linden cole for a couple days now and everybody kind of tugged me out of it so i'm going and then he was in the northeast corner of the wilmington and when i was going by there him and the other boat that was there they were they were already catching a double so i set out and marked a 500 pounder and like or i didn't mark it i thought it was a, a marlin maybe and like i it, it was a little mark on the sonar but it was moving real quick and then I marked it on the bottom machine, but it was a real small mark. And then the 500 pounder shows up on the teaser. Then he followed us around for a little bit. And we obviously we threw the pitch bait and it didn't switch. So it doesn't matter because we would have missed him anyways. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for it. (laughs) So then we went three for six. And uh, I think that Johnny kicked my butt that day. Um, He was like seven for nine or something like that. So damn mentor yeah. messed you up yeah he really did and then so but i don't know all in all it was good decent enough fishing those guys were really stoked the first day we had 10 10 bites so that was cool and then the other day we were one for five on sailfish at ocean city maryland which is something i know when's the last time you went had five sailfish bites i've never had five sailfish bites here like never so. wow it's pretty wild man it's uh i don't know this sailfish thing i really hope that it translates to good winter fishing for for you guys and east the the traditional sail places but i have a feeling there's a boat out of moorhead that caught 20 yesterday yeah yeah it's they're having insane sail fishing right now yeah so i wanna i don't know maybe we'll blast down there in october or something like that once this fishing's over here and maybe they they i've caught sailfish in in that area until middle of december so yeah it's probably normal nowadays yeah so but i don't know how's everything with you and the wire transfer and the new baby all good not much to report here um, yeah. it's home uh doesn't look like we're going anywhere as of anytime soon so just more bigger decisions being made for the program so we're just kind of hanging i'm hanging tight about that stuff so nice we'll see what happens so cool so we're going to talk about tournaments today um i guess the good the bad and the ugly of tournaments so i guess you definitely made your name doing well in the the live bait circuit and i've been fortunate enough to do okay up here last couple years this this year not so much but um what do you think i mean what do you think about tournaments overall as far as just your approach to them and like what it what all is involved because i know a lot of people like the fish tournaments and it's fun don't get me wrong and i i'm a huge fan of the smaller tournaments with less money because it's just less pressure and up here all the tournaments are based off of killing one fish which is kind of really really sucky to really gauge your 
gauge your yeah. week off of off of one bite you know even yeah, though yeah. you might be 15th out of 400 boots and not feel that great about yourself you know and you shell out shoot a hundred thousand dollars in the white marlin open to go across the board <laughs> they can sour sour things but i don't know but it also you know for a lot of programs i find that a lot of like big professional with professional crews it gives the owners a reason to like to to like budget time and show up you know it's like we're fishing this tournament i got to show up then you know instead of oh the fishing's not that good you know i'm not gonna come you know so i think i like tournaments for that reason because you just know you're getting guaranteed fishing but why well, don't i don't understand why they don't like make the like release divisions in your tournaments with a like a huge like a really big prize like why don't they just, have just bigger well, than what it is you know what's that just bigger than what it is you know yeah, why not have why not have a at least a ten thousand dollar winner take all calcutta for yeah. the release division or ten thousand because you could win you could win most points and win what a hundred thousand dollars and yeah watch the other guys win three four million dollars I, I don't why not have big stakes in the release division like yeah. I, I don't understand that can you explain i don't that? know they they talk about like um worrying about the integrity you know if you get more money the 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 willingness of people to cheat because it's it is 400 boats it's a lot of people you know it's a lot to manage but i think they should just do it if you're gonna if you're gonna get in those calcuttas like say say if they were gonna add the divisions uh like for release to uh, like higher higher money for the release side of things just have them prove that they caught it you know same way you do yeah, all, all yeah absolutely i mean you just en enforce a strict camera policy the same way you know we do in south florida and bahamas and, and jimmy johnson does up here you know yeah i mean i don't like it's not like it's and like you're you're not going to have out of those 400 boats, you're not going to have, I mean, you're you might, have a ton of boats. You know, you have 60, maybe if you add the money, you know, you'll probably have probably more like, more like 30 or 40 in it, which is, I don't know. I, I still yeah, think you designate, you designate, you know, four of the committee that their job is, you know, to watch videos you know when guys turn in the videos at the end of the day and that they, you know, those... they don't necessarily have to even watch the videos until the end of the week if they you know if they don't do they do a daily here i mean you might win 10 or 15 grand um which anymore is basically paying the expenses for the well day. you just you'd have to you gotta kind of gotta watch them to an extent because you know then then they're, they're gonna have to be going back and you just want to verify every catch from the beginning because then you know then you have the guy on the last day catches a you know catches a ton but you know no one watched his first six releases you know yeah yeah i got you i mean I'm yeah a... it's like it's a it's don't get me wrong yeah it's more work for the tournament it's, committee and it, it's a pain in the ass a little bit but i feel like you got a little bit more to i'd say hardcore professional programs that you know work hard to get bites and let's yeah. you know they're not going to get they're not you could fish for your whole life and never get that lucky yeah. 80 pound I mean white bite on the right day, you know? Yeah. John Duffy's a perfect example. In the last three years, you know, they 
up until the last two years prior to this year, uh, I mean, he's been one of the best boats in the White Marlin Open for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And they fit the, they fished it as a family for the last like 25. And up until 2021, they'd never, they'd never weighed a fish in the White Marlin Open at all. Yeah, look at that. And then they now weighed one yeah. and they won it. So, I mean, you just have to keep on. It, I just find it, I would just like to see some of the these big kill tournaments up here kind of at least recognize some of the boats that have done well over the course of the week as far as the numbers go. Cause I think it's, you know, it's a, a lot of those programs or the ones that really support the, support the team and, or support the tournament and, and drive up the money. So when you're not. Yeah. Because typically, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Typically the boats that are going to be across the board and all the really, really big Calcutta's are the guys that are pretty much yeah, yeah. probably catching the most white marlin of the whole term regardless. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I would say for the most part. I mean, I think it there'd be it'd be nice to see them recognize some of the boats somehow kind of make it worth a little while, you know, $100,000 across the board is a lot of money and I can't remember what the bit the uh the mid-Atlantic was, but it was a lot too, so I'd like to see see something. But then it's just another like another expert then it turns into 120,000 or 110,000 you know and so i don't know but i just it would be yeah, but maybe yeah but maybe you, you you know you get a couple people that whatever they don't get it in something i don't know i'm just saying i think it would i think it's a good argument for you guys i mean i would definitely be in favor of that you know because i i try not to like because there's there's people that really good fishermen that kind of mind fuck themselves sometimes in this tournament because they they start doing things that they wouldn't do they start oh, i'm gonna fish in the shallow water or something like that to catch a 90 pounder and fish somewhere obscure you know because yeah that's where the big ones live and then they get they, they don't get nearly as many bites and then they end up catching like three 40 pounders over the course of the week or 50 pounders and you're like oh well was it worth it you know, I'd, I'd rather be somewhere where I can get try to put together, you know, three consistent days kind of off on my own, but in conditions that I feel good about, not like arbitrarily picking some spot that someone won it one year. Yeah. You know, the year we won the Mid-Atlantic, I don't think I've fished that spot since, you know, because of, for me, looking looking at what I knew that day, I felt like I needed to go there to get some bites and I just got lucky. Yeah. I certainly did set out that morning being like, oh, there's going to be a 91 pounder right here, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, because you're going, I mean, you're going to like where you've had bites, where you've, you've had yeah, consistent fishing, you know? I think logically. Not like you're, yeah. yeah, you're not like, all right, well, this is where the big ones live. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that just. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's, I mean, you're obviously fishing for a big one, but. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just try to think logically like anybody does when they try to pick their spots, look for, look for reasons why you're going to pick an area to go and fish and, and hopefully there's a big one there. So yeah. it's really annoying when you hook a sailfish in, in those tournaments, cause you're, you definitely know you're not going to kill that one and it's just kind of an annoyance. <laughs> so, and it doesn't do anything for yeah. release. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I don't know. So that's it's like catching a CUDA. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, they, they count it, they count it as a, no, I know, I know, I know, but it's like, 
every every you know when you see a white marlin pop up behind the boat it, it is kind of exciting because you know more i i i can't be look at a, a a white marlin on the teaser and be like that's a 90 pounder you know? yeah. so um there was one that we that had on the teaser that i don't know if he didn't switch or we missed him this year but i marked him on the sonar marked him on on the bottom machine and i was like that's a blue marlin and i caught like showed up on the left teaser aggressive bite kind of a a little like a big swirl and i was like oh left teaser and i yanked on it a couple times and it's like blue marlin and then i'm like oh no it's a white and by that time the pitcher's already out there and then he didn't switch so but i i could say that that was the one but i don't know if it was the one or not i can't tell i didn't know the 90 pounder was the one i just was like oh that looks like he's got a big head on him um we we kind of knew we kind of that one was kind of scary, but I don't know. So that's kind of our tournament series up here. We just it just is a complete mind fuck because you'd spend all your career other than these two weeks trying to just like go catch the most and then you switch over to this mode and it yeah, yeah. you just get disappointed even if you have a great week. So it's it's yeah. difficult. But we didn't have good weeks either of them. What do you well, I don't want to backtrack too much, but just I want to before I forget, you know, what about just talk a little bit about Topher on the Rainmaker out of Cape Cod and some sick white marlin fishing he had. Yeah. Um, I've just seen the picture of the flags. I don't know if you've seen any more from it. So. Saw some, I mean, I just saw some videos and stuff and talked to one of the guys on the boat. And I mean, they were just like, you know saying it was some of the sickest fishing they've ever seen you know which just seeing some of the videos it's like it's pretty it's pretty awesome slick calm i mean i wasn't expecting i i saw the flags first you know and obviously it, in my mind i'm thinking oh it's probably rough as shit and i seen the, the video it's like they're fishing in a lake and yeah it's just white marlin swimming everywhere yeah i i know that they i mean that's not something we and we uh, the old podcast we've talked to guys and that's not something that's unusual there but nobody yeah. does it because they're all too locked in on the tunas, which is crazy to me. So I, I don't, it's incredible. I, I want to go up there and I just want to go offshore fish. I don't necessarily want to go do that in July, but their July fishing up there the last two years has been unbelievable. Yeah. This year they had some really good blue Marlin fishing, blue Marlin fishing, white Marlin fishing. Sometimes they can't, they can't, they have to go teaser fishing because the tunas are, are the yellowfins and the big eyes are so bad that they can't even like fish regular, like pool baits, yeah, yeah. water, which is, I mean, to just have that much life around is amazing. Yeah, I think it's pretty fun. That fishing's coming around now because that eddy is slid down this way. And um, there was a couple boats out of New Jersey, small boats that caught 170 pound yellowfins with the big sickles. And they had them up there in July, so hopefully it's coming this way. And hopefully this this little this not little, but this large hurricane stays offshore and just shoves this eddy down. And yeah. maybe maybe we'll get a shot or two before something another eddy another storm weather system comes. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's incredible fishing, and it's cool. It's a cool way to fish. Yeah, it's pretty neat. But I definitely like this, like you can we mentioned before you know I, i've heard you know i have no idea but i've heard people say you know they don't really bite the dead bait stuff but i just would like to see you know one of you guys go in there and yeah see what happens you know yeah i, it, I mean i'll I be i don't I mean i don't know what that water depth is in there but 
I think pretty shallow, but I mean, I've caught dead bait, sailfish dead baiting and in 60 feet. No, I can't see why you couldn't, you couldn't get some bites doing that too. Yeah. I don't know if anybody has any experience with it. Maybe we should get Topher on and talk about that. Yeah, I definitely like to hear about that that day. It's pretty cool. I know it's funny before he went up there, he was like, not because usually they're like St. Thomas DR this time of year. And hmm. when I spoke to him before, he was like depressed about going up there because he didn't he didn't have any interest in catching the tunas and stuff. He's like, oh, I'm not going to be catching any billfish. And now I, I can't wait to talk to him and be like, well, definitely had a banger day. Did they have, but did they go offshore and catch Marlins out there too? I think they had a, a... yeah, they've had some good days fishing. Okay, I mean, that, that's sort of his boss is from up there. So this is the first year they brought the boat up there. Yeah. And now, now I'd imagine they're probably going back there now for the next couple of years. It's kind of cool. Like, you know, you get that sort of fishing. It, it, it's a, and I think it's a little more special because you got to go out, the, you got to fucking work for it. You know, you got to leave it. For them, they're running a hundred miles typically every day, so they're basically doing overnighters. So, like, you leave the dock. What I would do up there is leave the dock at like three a.m. or four a.m. Fish all day, and then fish all day the next day, and get back at like six or seven the next night. Um, but that's I, that's what you have to do. But you're rewarded with it because you're out there for so long, and just the conditions that they've had these last two years with those incredibly those incredible eddies and that don't move that just rip another every every couple days rip a little little bit off the gulf stream it's pretty crazy so hopefully that comes this way it's out the it's outside the hudson right now and i don't know why there's not white marlins all up in the hudson hopefully we see it because this is pretty interesting here it's not bad It's not like, like it was last year. I mean, we're not having a great year, but the fishing's considerably better than it was last year. Yeah. We, on the blood money, are having a worse year. Job for those guys up north, it's really annoying that it's way up there. And to the south, because they're still having great sail fishing in Moorhead. I, was, I can't remember who what the boat was. He called 20 sails. 20 sails. Moorhead City. Due south. Do south, and then there was another boat that like saw a couple slams or something like that. So, uh, bill collector had a good day. Yeah, sick, sick fishing down there. So basically everywhere but Ocean City. All right, what's next on the agenda? Building a team, and I know, I mean, you guys down there fishing down there, super team oriented, and it's becoming more team oriented up here. I don't know. How do you pick the guys, the people that you fish with? It kind of happened for our team kind of over a over an extended period of time just just fishing with people and lo- getting along with them and them being decent enough fishermen to to integrate you know do you when i know that you've you fish with like super competitive guys that you know in tournaments that you pretty much stack the deck with the best anglers and meats you can right typically yeah i mean i mean I've just been lucky for the past handful of years, kind of been fishing with the same group for quite a while. I mean, maybe a couple new guys in and out, but for the most part, had a pretty core group, yeah. um, which, you know, nothing, you know, not makes a good team other than good chemistry, you know, and just working the working together and everyone kind of knowing, you know, what the next guy is doing and feeding off each other. And, you know, that's kind of the most important thing. Yeah. 
it's important in like getting out there and fishing together. I think some people, you know, when you're just getting in the fishing, you're like, what do these, t- these, these boats do that catch them that are so consistent. And then you get on one of those boats and they're like, they really don't fish all that different. Like everybody yeah. knows how to fish. It's just what you do as far as capitalizing and, and setting back out sometimes like setting back out after you catch one and yeah, being able to set back out. Yeah, and still, yeah, I mean, like you said, you kind of mentioned this, but it's like still fishing while you're fighting a fish, which is key. And a lot of definitely, and you know, even myself when I was younger, you know, like you would catch a bite and it's like, all right, this is it. like every, you know, you just pull the lines in and go get that fish. And, you know, nowadays it's like, you know, you're like, who cares? Leave that one out there. Let's yeah, yeah. keep driving around and bring up another one, you know? Yeah. I think that under being able to, being able to, capitalize on situations like that or is a team is it is a learned learned skill with the team it's not something that you just you can just go out there i mean if you have a bunch of like guys that know how to fish you can but like if you're if you got to integrate amateurs and professionals together it it you it helps to go out there and like go and pre yeah, just fit uh, yeah fishing yeah. is the most important thing is just being out there you know i mean nothing like for us, it's gonna make you better than just being out there and doing it. Yeah, it's it's so nice when you're in a turn or you have a fish on kite fishing, and you're if I'm in a turn, I don't really have to worry about what's going on in the cockpit very often. I just kind of drive the boat and do what I need to do. Focus. Maybe I'll tell that if I see something going on that they can't see, I'll I'll say something. But for the most part, I can kind of keep my mouth shut after we hook the fish. And let them know there. Hopefully, there's another fish, or maybe we'll just we'll circle this one a little less and go get it, depending on what the situation is. It's it's so relaxing to not have to worry about what's going on down there. And I think it takes two a mate or two um, to kind of run the cockpit, and then very receptive anglers to take the orders from the mates. Not orders, yeah, but orders and be handled by the mates as be an extension of of me in turn the mates are an extension of me and then the the anglers are an extension of the mates and kind of just you when the mate asks you to do something you do it and then be ready for your bite and you know we could go we could probably go on for hours about different ways to capitalize on bites but just keeping baits in the water as long as you as long as you can i think while while you're getting getting fighting a fish or getting a bite is super important yeah yeah i mean especially down here for us you know like multiples are that's like the key man like yeah i would yeah you you could catch you could catch one at a time all day which sometimes you know it pays off but it's usually that one of the boat that gets that yeah that quad or five banger or something that really just this kind of like leaves everybody behind you know i mean lately like we we both the the probably two things that are similar or one thing that are similar between the two places that we fish are that the fishing hasn't been very like really really good lately so the the being able to turn a a single into a double or a, a triple a double into a quad or something like that is super important when you have that when you have the fishing being as tight as 
as tight as, as it is because it's a little bit more random typically when the fishing isn't as good. When you have good fishing, the teams that really work together and can capitalize on bites tend to do, you tend to like really be like, oh yeah, they're, the fishing's good. Those guys are going to be up there somewhere near the top. Whereas like slower fishing tends to be a little bit more random. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but capitalizing on bites, you know, like you said, for us, it's fishing hasn't been as good as it has been in past years. So, you know, when it's really good, yeah, you're going to, you got to, you could afford to miss a couple or even more than that. You know, now you got to, you know, you can't really, you you know, you got maybe one or two, but that's about it. You got to be close to perfect. Yeah, it, it, some of the tournaments we'd done well in last year, we were we were pretty much close to like ninety percent. Which I mean, I, I think ninety percent is the kind of what it takes to win some tournaments. But it's not if you think that you're going to go out there and your boat's going to do ninety percent every day. Yeah, at least dead baiting. I think you're lying to yourself. You know, that's not an expectation. I feel like a realistic average for like a season would be like seventy five for dead baiting up here you know and i but i think when you get into that mode and your things are going well and you get your get up to 90 then you're really going to give yourself a shot to to win some win a tournament yeah absolutely what's a good ratio for you i mean down there it's a it's a little it's a little the ratios are the the percentages are a lot better right with the live baiting not necessarily it's just weird honestly it's some days you go out there you know go 15 for 15 and the next day you go eight for 15 you know that's it's random for sure it's hard to say i mean and then you even see good teams that miss you know and it's just you know you get weird bites or maybe they catch you not paying attention for a second you know you or you got too much line in the water not enough line you know it's just all stupid little things or if it's super windy or not enough winds you know it makes all the the bite you know more difficult if it's super rough obviously it's a little tricky if it's super calm and no winds you know it makes it tricky too we have a we're, we're not going to have perfect just nice east 15 mile per hour wind all the time which I feel like we haven't seen that in forever it's like it's like nowadays it's either like blowing 30 or blowing nothing, you know, we you got like hurricane kites out or you got helium up. Sometimes up here, if like fishing in the grass on our boat, I mean, we don't, our boat's a pretty clean wash, but we've started like our dredges are like 180 to 200 sometimes. So our long riggers are in the middle of nowhere. So we get a lot of, we basically have to have somebody holding the long rigger, but we, if we're in a little bit of grass or a lot of grass, we get a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And then they jump in and then they're like, uh, and then just when they're like, oh, the next one's not going to be, is going to be grass. It's it's being a fish. So like being able to maintain your focus is super important. One thing that we do on the blood money is they, those guys rotate every 30 minutes. They don't have like the so they rotate uh, clockwise or whatever every thirty minutes, and that does two things. I think it keeps them fresh and focused, but it also it also creates makes them better anglers because they're never you know they they're not committed to one spot. Yeah, yeah. Like I've been on boats where like one per somebody is designated to the right long, 
So, but when they get a bite and they're in the left long or say they, they're, they find themselves in the flat line. Yeah. They're kind of like discombobulated. Then they're terrified. Yeah. 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 So that's why like when we're live baiting, we kind of do that. Like we, everyone kind of stays and it's like, that's your home. Like, cause you got guys that, you know, but for us, you kind of like trolling is different. Cause like you could pretty much say like, Hey, today is going to be the strong side. Like almost, you could almost always say, you know, the right side is going to get all the bites today or the left side is going to get all the bites. today, just because the way you're, yeah, just because the way the kites are positioned, you know, on the water column, you know, trolling, it's much more like, you you don't know where they're going to pop up, but us, you could be like, you could be like, all right, he's going to pop up on the right middle here for sure. And like, boom, there he is right middle. And like there, 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 there can't be that much difference between the right short and the right long, you know. And like as far as what you do when you hook the fish, I think there's a big difference between the right flat and the right rigger when you when you're dead baiting. And like, and you need to uh, to be a well-rounded angler, you need to find yourself in those uncomfortable situations because, like I said, if you get find yourself in in the in the wrong situation and you get a bite, then you're you're going to be hurting the team if you're not confident what you're doing yeah so i because they're everything's pinned up in your and your stuff and i feel like there's a big difference between that right long and the right flat and on the left side too and then you know some people are right-handed and left-handed so they, they should be able to use and we do a lot of moving when we hook a fish like say the right long gets bit we'll move the left long over to the right long instead of trying to fish fish a flat line out there so you're going to find yourself in a weird situation if if you don't rotate so that's something that and it keeps them fresh and i think it helps pass the day longer even though i i never think the days are long enough this year so yeah so i'm always running out of time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep some days you're just running out of time and then the other days it's just like you want it to and now yeah i always do you always feel like the slow days or the shorter days like when i have slow fishing i'm like oh this day is going by way too fast yeah yeah and then when you're doing good it's yeah the slowest day in the world when you're you're good you're like winning and you're like looking at the time and it's like like, it's like 10 (laughs) o'clock so worse yeah so i mean that our for as far as building a team we just went with people over the years that kind of got along and fished well and we're fun like this is supposed to be fun i guess it's supposed to be fun i don't know i don't have that much fun but like, it's supposed to be fun for the people fishing right <laughs> like the anglers so i feel like they try not to take themselves too seriously they try to they definitely don't take me seriously at all because they're just down there making fun of me all the time um but i think they just try to have fun and if we miss one then like we're not gonna like scream and yell about it but you'll get made fun of probably for the rest of the day if not longer if it depending yeah, yeah. on how it is if you backlash something on our boat it'll never be forgotten what you do wrong it'll be it'll be talking about right here with me and you yeah but it's what you do wrong that counts it's not what you That's do right you. no absolutely um but yeah just try to I don't know, find people that you enjoy fishing with and then, you know, hopefully they'll be susceptible, be be open to some 
some uh some instruction let's call it that way we're gonna talk about the rules a little bit what do you have any rules that you're just like why is this a rule off the top of my head i know there's been some rules i've always maybe didn't agree with but i don't know like the biggest one for me recently which i think now it's been resolved since like the quest series has been like the main tournament series for a while now and obviously we kind of base the rules off of that tournament and when the jimmy johnson kind of got going you know, the, the rules and the quests were, you know, if you get a buddy, if you get a like a, a, you know, if lines are out of four and you get a 359 bite, they're like, oh, call it on the radio. But, you know, you're going to have 30 boats calling a Bonita hookup, a Kingfish, a Mahi, yeah. Yeah. you know, they're calling everything. So you're going to get stepped on. And if you do have the sail on, they're not going to hear you. So like in the quest, you know, it's just who cares? Like it's basically obviously call it in, but it's film, you know, like. Make sure your time and state, your time uh, stamp is right on the camera. So if you get bite, you know, the video got, so you start rolling with at like 3.55. Yeah, I was going to. Just film the last five minutes. And then like if, you know, at 3.59 and 30 seconds, you know, like, hey, I'm getting a bite. The camera guy, hey, we're, you know, Frankie's getting a bite here on, on the right middle and he's coming tight now. And then boom, lines out. And then, you know, we're fighting it. We don't know what it is. And then, oh, it jumps. Oh, good. Look, we got it on camera. All good. And then Jimmy Johnson, there was no, it wasn't that film aspect of it wasn't involved in it. And I got in a huge fight with the committee multiple times. I'm like, they're like, oh, well, you just have to call it in. You have to call it in. I'm like, how, and especially in a tournament where they had 70, 80 boats in it. Yeah. Yeah. You can, it, you're not going to get it called in. And it's just you're gonna get stepped on and your fish is not gonna count. And who knows? It could be a hundred thousand dollar fish. Yeah. But that finally kind of got resolved now. But that was kind of a rule for a while that kind of drove me crazy. We we did a, a three uh three twenty-nine and thirty second fish the other day, uh in the mid-Atlantic. I was I was hyped about that. It ended up not being anything, but I'd marked it on the sonar and I was like as fast as the trolling valves could go, and I finally got to it. And I was like, I know there's one there, and I had the like I had the thing there in, in my hand, and thank thankfully that thing didn't come on the teaser because um, I had the mic in my hand because I I'd marked it and I was like running up to it as fast as I could go with the with the trolling valves, and I get to it and I mark it and I pick up the thing and I'm like got it in my hand, and as soon as he got the bite, I was like I keyed it, and like as soon as he came to as soon as he went to go side the drag up, I'm like. Blood money hooked up and we caught it and then uh, but I was like I I would have stepped on you I would have stepped like if that was the case like in the tournament yeah, yeah 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 I always and I always never when I I always say the boat number and then the boat name at the end of it you know because typically you just want to go with the boat number because not everybody knows what boat number you are but and I when we get in a late one I always say the boat number and I look over and see if any of my buddies are around that can confirm um. We actually, in your, and this was kind of a handful of years ago when this was kind of like one of the first years we had a really, really good year. So I guess we just weren't, we probably just weren't expecting that last minute bite. Like now we do, like, you know, now we're like, you know, you're waiting for the last minute bite. But there was a tournament where I don't think, I don't think we, our camera guy had it on for whatever reason. And that was 359 you know, 30 second bite camera. There's no way in time to turn the camera on in time. And I'm calling on the radio. Like we're hooked up. We're hooked up. We're hooked up. We're hooked up boat, whatever. And, uh, 
and there's there's other people calling in too so i'm like great you know who you know who knows whatever and uh and luckily that and we ended up coming in like third place we won a pretty good amount of money in that tournament and that fish ended up making us win all that money and we got saved by another boat that heard on the like they were that their camera guy was on the bridge and he was recording and he heard me say you know boat whatever so that was the proof gotcha like that another boat that wasn't planning on helping me or you know whatever helped me or helped us basically win that daily or whatever it was you know because you know we didn't have a camera rolling and they heard me on the radio and that ended up saving us so on our that was that was a thank the lord moment there yeah that's that's pretty lucky there and nice nice that it was somebody that you got along with <laughs> or yeah, that honestly then, then, yeah, honestly i don't even remember like i i don't think it was somebody i was super close with i just i remember like the, the, them like hey we got your hookup or whatever it was i was like oh you know thank you jesus so yeah you just gotta be ready for those you know that's you know part of being a good team you know you gotta have a guy planning for situations like that yeah and then i don't know if there's any rules up here um for a while it was understood up here that like if you brought a boat because some of the in up here a lot of the tournaments are in the spirit of igfa rules like there are certain rules that don't really apply like the hook and hand and things like that up here that don't really apply one of the rules other rules is that they don't actually have in any of the rules is you could pull a fish in to measure it and let it go and like people are like that doesn't count as an igfa release and but that's not igfa these tournaments aren't igfa yeah, yeah, yeah you know so um sometimes people get confused with that and uh because i always want to get in the release division and some people are sometimes like oh man that's that's not really a release if you deck check one and i'm like i yeah but like i don't know like if what do you want me to do like i'm i let it go it's i released it you know it swam more more often than not they swim swim away just fine even if we measure them uh so i don't know it's just kind of annoying they they should clear that up in the rules i, I just i i just always ask the tournament director if it's okay if we do that yeah, yeah. because the difference like i can't look at a a 65 pounder and a 75 pounder and make a determination yeah so um that's that's probably my main my, my main issue with the rules and then and then there was some controversy at the big rock this year i don't necessarily think it was controversy and i definitely don't think that anything was handled wrong by pretty much anybody um in the tournament but the sensation i believe it was a sensation hall number one jared bay built right there in moorhead by jared bay big big sponsors of the tournament i thought it was going to be a fairy tale um pull comes in on friday night on the last night heroes to weigh a, a big fish and unfortunately it was sharked and then igfa rules and in that tournament I think they were a lot a lot more strict on the igfa rules they disqualified the fish after it got eat got two bites out of it and uh i think rightly so and i think they 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 took the night to they weighed it 
and I think they took the the evening or after scales closed, they deliberated on it. Because I don't, I think a lot of these tournaments, especially these kill tournaments up here, they are they are super will. They really want to give the money away, and I think yeah. that like they don't want they don't want rules or technicalities to get in the way of of money being won in any way they can. So they make these they make these tournaments as as open as possible in my opinion. The the big the main ones being the Big Rock, the the White Marlin Open, the Mid-Atlantic 500,000. And I think that they there are rules but they're very loose compared to some of the tournaments you fish and some of the tournaments I fish down south uh in Costa Rica. Um so I don't know. I I feel like they the tournament took some time they deliberated they made the right call um it's not like the the best thing in the world but it kind of like i i was really rooting for the sensation to win that fish but what do you think i mean you know they could have been fight they fought the fish for a long time and, and, and then they boated it and i who knows maybe the fish fought for hours and hours after it got bit but maybe it got bit and then next thing you know they booted it so yeah I and my my biggest question was and obviously you know i'm not there i can't see the fish yeah it's just that the only thing i think is you know is the bite the bite during the fight or was it an older i think it was pretty much proven it was during the fight yeah that's what it, it yeah. seemed like yeah so, because that would be my only thing that would really like oh yeah to lose off an old wound or something you know yeah let me ask you this if that happens to you or if you say you clip one clip a fish with the 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 wheel or something like that do you weigh it or do you do you just disqualify it immediately hard to say obviously i mean i've never been in that situation but i've i have been in tournaments where we have dq'd our own fish before yeah. just you know just i know that this that's the right thing to do and you don't even want to deal with the headache of the controversy and everything like for um, for example for you if a two one fish eats two baits or something like that that would be something you would dq pretty pretty quickly like yeah so, or like um or like one for the one that happened last year was uh uh catch a fish catch a fish release them and you know, the chance of this are wild, but it swims and mm. snags another bait as it's swimming away. And then we come tight. And I mean, you, we could easily say we caught us another fish, you know, like who's to say, you know, we have video and everything, but you yeah. know, we know that it was the same fish, you know? And yeah, I mean, there's some other situations too. I mean, maybe like now you pass the rod off, but before, you know, you couldn't guy if one guy touched the rod another guy couldn't do it and i remember back in the day like one guy grabbing the rod and just be like okay that fish is dq'd like yeah what are you doing or or actually probably the most one that still happens the most and i still see it is the mate grabbing the bimini like you can't do that yeah 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 like I, that happens more oftentimes especially in the heat of the moment when the boat's either roaring in reverse or flying 15 miles per hour on a center console. And the leader just pops up and the mate just wraps his hand in the air and yeah, yeah. he wraps, doesn't grab the leader. He grabs two wraps on the Bimini. It's like, 
yo, that's DQ'd, you know? Which I think a lot more people, more times than none, people still try to count that fish, you know? Do you think they get away with it a fair amount? Um, Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know usually almost every tournament there is a there is a fish usually that is taken away from a boat you know yeah that's for whatever reason yeah i mean sometimes people aren't doing it intentionally sometimes it just happens yeah yeah or i mean camera camera mishaps probably the most you know i'm sure that i feel like in the in the aspect of like weighing a fish and say, say i clip one with the wheel or something like that i'm gonna weigh it and let the let the tournament figure it out you know i'm just gonna be like look at this is what happened like because so, like now there's a big there's a big difference between like having having video of the fish like because they say like it can't help the fish fight yeah you know what i mean like it can't it can't hinder the fish's fight um so so like if you subdue the fish and then clip it like if you got three gaps in it and then you clip it with the wheel after or something like that it gets under the boat after then who knows if like maybe you could argue that but i'm weighing it either way letting the tournament yeah. figure it out you know i because i just don't i'm not going to stake a million dollars on my judgment when i can let somebody else make the call and i don't necessarily would i would never fault anybody for letting the tournament make the call um I just think that's that's the tournament's call and whatever they make is the the call um i think that's that's kind of is what it is you know yeah. I, I we i'm not gonna bring that up but i've no i'll bring it up it was a strange situation a couple years back in the mid-atlantic a boat weighed a fish and it didn't make length but they were like, it made length on our tape measure. Use the tape measure, and they used it, and they they took it. And I was blown away by that. And I like, I find it crazy that they did that. I'm not going to mention what tournament it is or anything. But um, but that's no, crazy. It's crazy. Like, but that is your you can. Well, that's almost a yeah. I mean, that's the tournament's can, fault for yeah, one and two. Blame, yeah. Two like like I know like in tournaments, they a lot of times they give out. Yeah, they give everyone gets the approved measuring yeah. device, you know. And even if they don't, like the approved measuring device device is the one that the tournament should be using. But in yeah. this case, they they said, and the tournament took it, and I I find that I found that crazy. But you know, it's worth a shot. You know, yeah. I don't really I don't really discount the boat that that did that. I just kind of get annoyed at the tournament or pissed off at the tournament. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Because then it's just like they're getting pushed around, you know. Yeah. So I, I feel they're like... not holding true to the rules. Yeah. Which rules? I, uh, people bend rules if you let them. Yeah, I approve. I I applaud the Big Rock for doing, for um, for doing that for, for for standing standing by the difficult decision because I think most people would have liked the the sensation to win win that, and I think a lot of people in the tournament probably would have loved to see that hole number one jared bay big sponsor of the tournament to win it but they did the i think was the right thing and it sucks for the sensation because um 
you know, it was a cool, amazing moment. You know, yeah. you're it would have been a great story, you know, on the last night of the big rock with the fucking winner. And uh, it didn't work out, but it's nobody's fault. Like they waited, you know, and even I don't blame them for protesting it. You know, they they did what they could and then kind of let the chips fall where they may. But it was unlucky kind of stuff. Yeah. The shark issue, we've talked at length about it, but um, I feel like, yeah, when you're a shark eats a eats a fish, it's gonna fucking make make a difference. So yeah. So I applaud that, but I don't know. Let's I was just hope you never have to be there. Yeah. Any of us. I mean, just what do you when you're fighting a big fish, like I've always been on the more more uh mindfully aggressive side. You know, I don't want this to get strung out for for days and for hours and hours and hours because the the chances of it getting eaten but bit by a shark or pulling the hook or something crazy happening. Um, the other day, I was catching a catching a double. The guy's been working on his fantasy slam. I was catching a double white marlin, and a fucking manta ray swam by and swam into the line. So like stuff like that happens. You know, uh, we ended up catching it, but you know, like. If that was a million dollar fish, you would definitely would have swam into the line. It would have gone away. So, uh, but like I, I'm like mindfully aggressive with the boat and my drag with the drag pressure that I would allow, like ask the guys to put on. You know, I always leave it up to the angler when I I want to get it done in a pretty quick fashion. Yeah. Um. That's what do you think? I I I always find like. The longer you fight things, the yeah, 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 the more chance that there's things going. going to go yeah, wrong. I mean, the only really the only handful of times I've had, you know, the kill fish on a few times, it's typically usually on the wrong rod. So yeah, that should yeah, we can't really uh, you know, it's out of our hands as far as uh, pressure and all that stuff. I, so. Yeah. I think we talked about this in another. Yeah, yeah. People have gotten close with them this year, like got them to the gaffs and lost them, and you know it's pretty crazy. It's it's a dangerous situation. We, I think I've talked about it before. We had a guy stabbed by a white marlin. We had a white marlin jump in the boat to, um, almost take out my our mate Kevin. I'm like, I don't necessarily want to swing a swing on a 500 pounder on a dink pole that's green that kind of just kind of jumps by the boat and somebody yeah, yeah. is out there that's a lot of momentum <laughs> they go flying so that's i don't know that's how i feel about tournaments they're fun i love them you know i think me and you are you're genuinely competitive guys i mean the, the one time we did get to hang out at top golf we were i was up pretty upset that i lost to you at top golf even though i felt like i should have won so I do love tournaments. I love being competitive, but they're they are st- stressful, and I think that everybody just needs to realize that it is still just fun. And whatever yeah. money you're gonna put up to fish these tournaments, you better be okay with losing. Yeah, absolutely. You want to get on uh, to a couple of our questions? Oh, yeah, questions. Let me see. I give the first one by Reed Reedy Monahan. Question is okay. You want to read it or? Uh, how do you come tight on a fish that catches you off guard? For example, a long rigger bite with a dragon gauge and no one holding it. 
Uh, slowly push up the drag uh, in hopes of coming tight or dump it to the fish and feed it normally. Good question. What do you think? I think I think when the fish beats you to it, it's in it's in the ocean's hands on what's going to happen. I mean, I know a lot of I know a lot of people say just lock it up, start reeling. I know people say drop it back and just do it normally, but you know, I, I you know, I think I think it's that fish has already made its own fate. I mean, not saying. I mean, I just think it's either going to stay on or it's going to come off. It's really. If it beats you to it, there's really it already beat you to it. You're already in a disadvantage, and you just better start praying that that hook grabs it somewhere. But I don't know if there's a an ideology to it that one way works over another because I, you know, I don't I've, I've, I've done both and I've lost them on both. I've caught them on both. Who you know? I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I give them a dunk. I I give it give them if I if it comes out of the. So if it comes out of the clip, it's a much shorter jump. But if it, if you get the whole like rod rod going like this, like getting pulled on, I give it a dump, but not as not nearly as long as probably what I do if I fed it regularly. Yeah, but what if it's just already just dumped out, just dump and drag already? I still give them a little bit, and then I slide it. Really? It's like a sec. It's like a half second. It's not much. Yeah. See now, if I if I see it and it's already just popped out and it's just going, I'm like, all right, just just start winding on it. I mean, I mean, because typically it's it probably already had a pretty solid buy down in it already. I mean, drop back. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of a, give it a, give it a drop back. Cause but what I'm, happens is, and I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot, you know, you get that, that monster just bite already and no one's on it. And then they free spool. And that's when you get that <laughs> famous backlash. It was what I do wrong. Oh, well you, you put in free spool when you had 20 pounds of drag on it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, it's, I think a lot of people are probably, you know, on both sides of that. No, yeah. Uh, I just, yeah. I give it a little dump and then, but not nearly as long as if I was holding it. And then on the flat line, a little dump too. Like, I think my me thinking about it when um, Ayrton was one for five on sailfish, even though he spent the whole winter in Stewart um, the other day, I feel like he got caught on the long rigger once. Which I still think it was a blue marlin, but it got caught on the long rigger once, and you know he gave it. A, it came out of the rigger, and he gave it a good long dump, and I was like, "Yeah." And then we lost it, and I was like, "Yeah." Felt like it was maybe too much feeding going on there. Yeah, no, well, I think if you get that bite and no one's looking, and you know maybe that hook just slapped him on the bill, yeah. and then you free spool, and it, that hook just you know wobbles off instead of. If you just kept it tight, it maybe would have just cinched into the bill a little bit or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, I I think you just kind of go with God. Go with instinct. Just pray, yeah. Just yeah. I think just pray about it. Go with what, whatever you whatever you think works. Um and then see what happens. So yeah, hope we don't really have a, we don't really have a great uh great answer for you. But I like the question though. Yeah, I do like the question. I found myself in that situation a lot, charter fishing as a, when I was younger. Um, uh, second question? Yeah. Daniel Dotridge. Dotridge. For years, my dad and I have fished off an outboard, and we just bought a 28 Carolina Classic. We fished out of Oregon Inlet and Hatteras Inlet. And my question is, if y'all were to size your spread down for a smaller boat like what we have now, what would your spread be? 
Or if you have experience fishing around the world on smaller inboard boats, what did the spread you pulled look like? I fished on um, with Kennedy Kennedy Hernandez in Guatemala on his 28-foot uh, or 31 Bertram. And we just fished. They fished uh, two surface teasers, two long riggers, and two flats. And I think... I think we fished four surface teasers, um, but it was very simple. And I think simplifying the spread. I think if there's anything that the sonar has taught us over the years is that you don't, you're not really attracting the fish with what you're pulling as as much as we thought we used to think we did. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure for the most part they don't have a sonar on a Carolina Classic, but I think that the idea. Of, it, that that you are doing most of the work going 99% of the way to the fish and he's coming the last 1%. I think that means that you don't necessarily, he's, he's going to come check out the boat either way for the most part. That doesn't necessarily think you got to mean you got to put a lot of stuff out there for their boat and fishing where they fish, you know, a single dredge and two surface teasers and, uh, probably two long riggers and maybe just one flat line, depending on how many people we have on the boat, one or two flat lines and cut, try to keep it simple. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's just, uh, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. And I guess the kind of skill let skill set of your team is, or guys you are fishing with, because I mean, I've seen, I mean, I've seen guys on, like you said, I've seen guys on little 32 foot boats pulling the same exact spread we pull on big boats, yeah. you know, you know, just. I think if you can uh, get a dredge, dredge you know, and it also depends on how many, you know, smaller boats, you're not fishing with as many people. So if you don't have somebody to man, man the dredge rod or, you know, man some of the, some of the baits, it's, you know, if you're only fishing with, with three people, it might be a good idea to just to just dump yeah. down the flat line to a single flat line over the dredge. Yeah. And then two long riggers. Cause you know, we're the, the question, it, it kind of segues really well into it. You know, it's a lot better to have the, have a rod in your hand when a fish shows up or, or even before the fish shows up than it is to be late. So, it, you know, an unmanned rod is almost not, you know, it might not be, you might get the bite. You might get a, a bite or two more with an unmanned rod, but you might not capitalize on it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Just doing what works best and this comfortable. I mean, yeah. Like you said, one dredge, maybe like you said, one flatter of a dredge and then keeping the other side, you know, kind of geared more for the pitch or whatever. Or just walk but, the, you don't even have the pitch, just walk yeah. the line over to yeah. that either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or if you got, you got the guys for it and stuff, then yeah, double dredge, two te two teasers and two longs and two flats and one two flats or one flat, whatever whatever it is. Yeah, in the dr we were fishing with one flat because um, we didn't we fish with a a bunch with the just us the owner and the mate and uh, it worked pretty well. Yeah, yeah, we did a lot of that one flat like fun fishing in the Bahamas. We don't even pull flat. You know, just keep it clean and kind of just then just pitching everything. Just two long riggers, uh, two chains, you know, obviously two dredges and no flat. And then just yeah. pitching whatever comes up, which, you know, typically it's a blue marlin. So I would, Daniel, I would implore you to 
try to keep it as simple as possible. And if you have a couple more people, then maybe you can allow be a little bit more elaborate, but it's pretty uh I mean if you think about it, most boats eighty like even like an eighty Viking, you know, with a with giant outriggers and everything, they're probably still only fishing two dredges, two teasers, two flats and yeah. two longs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to make your try to make a version of that 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 kind of works out best and really focus on where you're fishing. You know? Yeah. And you're not gonna have the same spread, obviously, as a big Viking, but you're gonna have probably super clean water behind the boat, you know? Yeah. Try to keep it simple. I think that if there's something I mean in Guatemala, like you said, they fish super simple. I mean, yeah. Obviously there's probably, you know, a lot more fish there than anywhere else, but you know, they that's about as simple as you could get. Yeah, that's that's lovely fishing down there. It's just so yeah, nice. it's it's beautiful. Not, not not too much thinking involved. Yeah. Just go until you see the free jumpers and some life and they're there. But cool. Well, if you guys enjoyed our pod, please check out Hook Optics and Front Runner. And if you didn't or have any other questions, just feel free to let us know. We'll try to do better next time. But <laughs> let us know either way. And we appreciate you all listening. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys.